Namaste, yogis. Welcome to episode four of the Happy Jack Yoga podcast. We're honored to be with you here on this journey. And, and we really do feel like, you know, this is a journey that we're on together. Just as we look uh, in, the, in the Zoom room here, uh, we've got yogis from around the globe, dear friends of ours, dear members of the community. And it really means a lot to be in this conversation together because that's, that's really what yoga is about. It's about connection. It's about union especially coming out of the pandemic, really taking that time uh, to engage in meaningful conversation and spend time with people who, who lift us up. So again, thank you for those who are here with us live and, and everybody who's listening to the podcast as well, because we know not everybody's able to, to join us in Zoom, but if you're listening on your favorite platform, but I got to give a quick shout out to Brandon, Diana, Elizabeth, Jewel, Sue, Tammy, Tanya, Victoria, Allison Scott and Yaren in the house. Uh, this is fun. We've done it just a few weeks now, but each week, just a just a couple more people are joining us in Zoom. So that's a that's a good sign. Uh, but really, thank you for being here with us. We've got a really really um, deep conversation we get to engage in today. Uh, but first, I'm going to say we are coming at you live from Cambridge, Massachusetts, USA, and I am here with. Happy Hanna, and I am in Canada. That's right, back in Happy Jack Yoga headquarters. And so, you know, today it's uh, it's really an opportunity to to talk about to go deep. You know, some of those deeper, more uh, important questions. Really doing the foundational work of yoga, uh, and it's been it's been foundational for our relationship, Hanna, for our our yoga school, Happy Jack Yoga University, and really the foundation for everything that we do. Before we get into this uh, beautiful conversation, just want to do a quick shout out. Uh, Hanna, this week you are leading our 25-hour Yoga Nidra course, which I like to call Yogic Sleep. That is the direct translation uh, into Sanskrit. And it's really, and, and actually, I know we got Victoria here, um, who is a huge lover of Yoga Nidra, and she does it daily, and she does it with her family daily, and she has even her kids both of her children practicing yoga nidra daily, often listening to Hanna. So this is a, it's a powerful practice. Would you share with us, Hanna, you know, just your couple of days into this training, has there been any, any uh, insights, any breakthroughs, any magic moments? Uh, let, us in, let us into the world of yoga nidra. Yeah, well, it's been amazing thus far. The conversations on those calls are always so, great because they actually like we don't teach when we meet together in the sharing circles but we discuss what you know what came up for us when we went through the content because that's pre-recorded and so a lot of the, a lot of the conversations have been around like how the practice whether it's yoga nidra or yoga asana or meditation how it um kind of changes who we are in a positive way and how it seeps into like everything that we are. So when we have stress in our lives, then we even just the fact that we've cultivated meditation or, you know, spiritual work or whatever our passions might be in that way of like growth and expansion, then when stress happens, it's very easy to tap into those states again. Like you don't have to like, stop the world and go home and unplug everything and do 
half an hour of whatever practice, like you can in the moment, sometimes like depends on how, how many layers of stress are there, but like most of the time it's possible to actually bring the practices into who we are, into our daily challenges. So that's something we discussed today, for example. I love that. And I see that whether, whether it's something like yoga nidra or it's, or it's pranayama or any of these different yogic tools, you're exactly right. They, they just start, they just start showing up in our lives. And I, I catch myself being surprised often now where something will happen that normally in the past would have caused a lot of stress or a lot of frustration or a lot of overwhelm. And I'm sitting here with this challenge or this adversity and, 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 and those feelings are not there, or I'm automatically doing the breathing or I'm automatically doing, you know, whatever those practices are. Uh, and, and that's the, that's the ideal, right? Is, is not that we, for 10 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day, we sit on our meditation cushion or we go to our yoga mat. Like, yes, we do those practices. And then, and then they're just available and at our fingertips at any point in the day. Yeah. So it's I not love- like we're in a bubble when we, like we might be in a bubble, but it's not like the bu- bubble is exclusive or, mm-hmm. you know, it's actually like, it does seep into the world. It's um, that's what's really beautiful to witness and feel as a result of the practices. And ultimately it is also about regulating the nervous system. And it's almost like a muscle, like whatever we practice, we, we're, we become good at. Yeah. Well, that's good. Whatever we practice, we become good at. If we practice self-criticism, we become really good at that. If we practice judging others, you know, I know I've done all these things in the past and we can, we can develop that competency. And so now how cool is that to develop these competencies, these practices, these really ways of being um, that, that make us more peaceful and easeful and joyful to be around. So that's very cool. I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and go crazy. Uh, as we did last week, Victoria McGullum Anderson, if you're able to come on uh, for a second, just because I know Yoga Nidra has been so awesome for you and your family, would you, hey, there we go. We got video. I wasn't sure if you were going to be like driving or you know, at an appointment. Uh, you're live with us right now on the podcast. It's so beautiful to be here with you. Would you share, you know, because I can remember from our time together, uh, when we were working together actually closely, you would share this this practice of yoga nidra and how uh, not not only did you use it regularly, but you were sharing it with uh, with your kids. Would you just share just a little taste of uh, the impact of yoga nidra on your family's life? Oh, it's been fantastic. And I do yoga nidra two times a day minimum. Sometimes if I'm having one of those days where stress might be a little bit higher, like Hannah was saying, I'll stop and just take a couple minutes and put nidra on. And it has been life-changing for me. And the most recent I've found that it's helped was I had a Taekwondo tournament on Saturday and I stopped in the middle of the ring and I could just, in my head, I could feel it. And I just started breathing and I went into my zone. It's the same zone I go into when I'm doing my nidra practice. And it actually helped me with my endurance. It helped me to win the match and it helped me to go on and win the finals. No so way. it's fantastic what it does because it becomes a part of your daily routine, like who you are and who you're becoming. It's really beautiful. Both yeah. of my kids, whenever they're tired or whenever they're like, mom, I'm just dragging. 
they will turn on Nidra and be like, can I just have 15 minutes, mom? And they'll lay down and I'll put it on and they'll listen to it. In the mornings when they wake up, I'll come in their rooms and I'll be like, all right, guys, you got to get up in about 15, 20 minutes. I'll put on yoga nidra and they'll listen to that. And when the, like the video is over or the um, MP3 is over, they'll get up and start their day. And they're like, oh, I feel so refreshed and so good. So my daughter is 13 now and she loves it. And my son is only six and they both ask for it now. So it's just, it's a fantastic way of being and living. And it's really become part of like who we are in our life. That's amazing. I love it. That's like that, that is taking the practice off of the mat into our life. And what, what's more beautiful than when we can share it with our loved ones. And it's like, it, it helps us, helps you win the tournament, huge celebration for that. That's, that's incredible to win that whole tournament. And, and even the, I would say even bigger win is, is, inspiring your children, a six-year-old and a 13-year-old uh, to, to recognize, to, to have access to these tools and to, to really just to have the intuition of, you know, not, not reaching for the Nintendo game or the candy bar uh, when we're stressed, which I think that's what I used to do, but rather reaching for a yoga nidra like that. That's beautiful. Thank you, Jack. Yeah, well, uh, we're so happy to have you here with us. It was synchronicity that we're talking about Nidra, and I just happen to know that this is something you you live consistently. So let's send so much love, high vibes to Victoria down in Tucson, Arizona, representing. I love it. And so, you know, again, the reason we did that quick little Nidra conversation is that the course is happening this week. Um, and so if if this is something of interest to you, well, you could jump in and join us this week, but it's also available for self-study. So if you want to send us an email or get in touch with us and we can get you access to that course so that you can sleep like a yogi or you can win Taekwondo tournaments or you can inspire your kids to become little yogis uh, who Victoria's kids very much are. But with that, Hanna, let's get to the main conversation here as we've um, as we've been improving the, the structure of our podcasts. You have been, you've stepped up into the leadership role of bringing structure and creating a syntax and, and a really cool one. So let's jump to the main conversation. Yeah. So today I wanted to discuss kind of, it really segues really nicely into our actual top, topic of today, what we've discussed thus far. And it is based like the way we're doing these conversations now are based on the syntax that we have in our 200 hour teacher training. So we go through a certain type of topics throughout these next 13 weeks. And then since we are so immersed in it anyway, and these are topics that we live by and that we love discussing, right? That would be like something Jack and I do anyway. Um, I thought it's really meaningful for us to also bring them to the podcast and one of the first, like the 200 hour just started. So they are doing like the foundational module one and two. And there we discuss a lot about like, basically like alignment, like in yoga, often we think about it like a physical alignment. Like if I, if my shoulders are above my hips, then my spine is straight. And like, we need that kind of alignment in order to be able to take a yoga pose in a safe and good way, depending on like 
each of our bodies have different lengths and widths and ways they are made. But when, when we put the body in some kind of alignment, then we can do headstands and side planks and standing, even just standing. And, and the system we call for alignment to kind of make it easily memorable is we call it rockstar alignment, where we go through these certain cues in how to position your body in all of the yoga poses. And so for the body to be in alignment, it needs to be what we often think about as integrity. Like integrity is, a, is an important topic that we often end up discussing because it's kind of like gravity, like it guides our existence. Like it's something that I, I'm talking about us, like you and I, Jack, because both of us often discuss this. And it's an endless source of inspiration, I would say, for both of us to discuss integrity. And so integrity in the context of a yoga pose could be alignment. And then this week, the yogis in the yoga teacher training, they're now kind of like very early on in the program, they're, they're challenged to start teaching. And that could be a tricky moment for a lot of yogis some who came to take the training only because they wanted to deepen their practice, some because they feel they're not ready yet. Like it's, it's a challenge, like a lot of the exercises and all of the things that we, we go through in this hero's journey that the 200 hour teacher training is, can be a little bit outside of a regular person's comfort zone even if you're a yogi and you practiced 15 years daily it could be challenging to be put in a position where you're told okay now you teach and it's like week two of the teacher training so it can be a moment of like oh my god I'm not ready and the reason why I want to bring it here is because it doesn't only show up in the week two of a yoga teacher training it's not like by week three you will not have resistance to stepping up into a leadership position. Like, I'm sure that we'll discuss this in from different perspectives on many of the calls, whether it's this podcast or other sharing circles, where we come back to this conversation of integrity and, and authenticity and vulnerability. So it's a huge topic. So I don't know that we can cover all of it in, on this call, but what I wanted to kind of discuss is how that... In, like expands into everything that we are just like the yoga nidra becomes a way that we train our nervous system and our way of being in the world um, to bring us more in balance when things are out of balance and so the practice of alignment the practice of integrity also seeps into who we are and the reason for that like the what I'll quickly kind of spoil the whole like what the whole point is, but I won't spoil it because it's a constant inquiry that will be in. But the the key to to be able to step up into a position of leadership, like a yoga teacher in front of the room, everybody's eyes are on you. It's now or never. And you have to remember all the things you've learned thus far. The reason why we can keep doing it, even if we feel uncomfortable, is because we are being authentically who we are. We're in integrity I'm in alignment with my values. That's the only place I can be talking on this podcast even now, because otherwise I would feel like a fraud, right? And that's that's oftentimes kind of like a 
a practice just like meditation that we kind of keep being in integrity around like why am I feeling uncomfortable why what is what what is it that I'm not acknowledging in me that's you know making my nervous system or my heartbeat or something like that and when we find that then we can bring ourselves back to integrity and it's not like good or bad it's just a practice right and so I'm thinking about this like this is like the whole kind of scenario what we mean by integrity and and I want to discuss with you Jack also about like integrity and what how to how to be in integrity how to find integrity and when I was thinking about this topic a, a lot of other concepts came to my mind that we teach to the teachers but not only to the teacher it's applies to everything and so integrity how that leads to or is a prerequisite for authenticity. If we can be authentic, we can say words that touch, that create something beautiful, something helpful, right? Integrity, authenticity, authenticity, and vulnerability. Like if we have access to those, are those qualities? I don't know. Then it's easier to interact with the world versus retreating into isolation, which is most of our defense mechanism is to retreat and not share and not participate, right? Or we do overly participate and that could also feel not right, either to the person who's receiving it or afterwards who the whoever, you know, like felt like, I don't know if I was authentic. So it might, you know, you might second second guess yourself. So having painted that picture around integrity, um, Jack, you're ultimately the person who created this. You're the one who brought the, and I know you've been like to workshops and you've really studied integrity with passion Mm -hmm. and you've invested a lot in your own education when it comes to integrity. Would you agree with me what I just said in terms of like where I was trying to paint a picture of what integrity is and what what would be integrity to you what Mm. what do those words um bring alive in you when I say integrity authenticity vulnerability yeah that's a great question I mean first I just want to say like you say it's an ongoing practice I mean I'm not sure what week of the hero's journey I'm on uh, but I'm still I'm still working on this. I'm still practicing it. And in fact, uh, I'm showing here for those on video. I'm showing my tattoo uh, for those listening. But I got a tattoo that says integrity on my forearm. And I mean, I got that 12 years ago now when I really started studying integrity. And because and it's not it's not a tattoo like for showing off. It's really there for my own reminder um, to be true to myself. So what does it mean for me? It's it's very much doing the right thing. It's doing the right thing that's in alignment with myself. It's doing the thing that I said I would do. It's doing the things that are expected of me, whether they're explicitly or not, you know, communicated. Just, just really being true, being, being true to myself. And so that doesn't mean being a people pleaser. It doesn't mean doing the thing that other people always want, but really being true to ourselves and and we can, and it, I feel like integrity, it really starts with ourselves. And, and then from there, we can build integrity with others. But if we, if we say things like, you know, I've been guilty of it in the past. If we say things like, I'm going to, I'm going to wake up 
at this time in the morning and, and start meditating. But then if the alarm clock goes off and, and we hit snooze and then we hit it again, we, we hit snooze a few times, that's, it's really like cutting out our integrity at the, at the knees because we're basically, we're saying we're gonna do something and then we, we make a commitment in the evening and then the next day we, we don't honor that commitment. And so uh, to, that, that can be like the simplest way to start building integrity is, is you know, doing the things that we say we're gonna do. And, and as this becomes more of a practice, we become mindful of what we actually commit to, right? Because maybe you've, you've met people who are like, oh yeah, I can do that, or yeah, I can do that, or I can, I'll help with this, or maybe, maybe people you work with, maybe children that you raise, maybe, I don't know, you know, lots of people do this where they say they're gonna do a certain thing, but you can't really count on them. And, and it doesn't mean they're inherently a bad person or we're inherently bad people, but it, it, we lose workability, right? So there's this term workability. When there's integrity, when people are honoring their words and doing what they said they're going to do, things just work. Things just flow. And probably many of us have had that experience. And so I feel like, you know, as, as yoga teachers, you know, really being able to so yeah, we might take a step back and be like, well, how does this apply? Where, where does integrity show up as a yoga teacher? Well, you know, I've, I'm not sure about those listening, but I mean, I've been to yoga classes before and I'm, you know, laying in Shavasana, you know, having just had a great yoga class, having a beautiful Shavasana, um, and then, you know, come up at a Shavasana, namaste, sit up, and realize the teacher went like 10 minutes over, uh, over the, the expected time. And they did that because they well they wanted to give more they wanted to give you an extra long shavasana they wanted you to feel really good and you know give you that beautiful moment and and so it came from the right place but then what if that yogi you know wakes up and they realize they missed their bus or they missed picking up their kids or they you know they're late for work on their lunch hour whatever the case is so just really you know honoring that whether it's to do with time whether it's to do with commitments um, and, and the other thing to be aware of is we're not always going to be able to keep our word, right? Like just the, the nature, like things come up, things are unexpected, you know, that, that we just didn't even have planned. And so sometimes in life, we're not able to keep our word, but we can always honor our word. So basically, as soon as, as soon as we find out that like, okay, I committed to this, you know, let's think about a work, you know, work environment, I commit to this deadline for this project. As soon as I realized it's just not going to happen because it got busy doing other stuff, we communicate that to our supervisor. We communicate that to people who are involved. So at least they know versus just not saying anything and then missing the deadline and people are like, we're counting on it. Um, so it's just, it, this is where it just becomes really um, an ongoing practice in our work environment, in our relationships, in our family, uh, and yes, as yoga teachers. Yeah, it's like integrity feels good because you're doing the thing that is in alignment with your values, right? Mm -hmm. And then if if you if I am able to be in integrity, if I'm able to do what I said I would, whether it's to promising to you Jack or to myself, I feel more confident. I feel that I can do it. Like we have access to a lot more if we, if I, it's really tricky to like here when I was listening to you, Jack, and now that I'm talking, I'm thinking we need to speak from I, 
because it's so easy to like start talking about we when it comes to integrity but really when I am in integrity I feel like I have access to confidence and and it feels good to practice integrity versus if I if I have a project and I know I'm gonna struggle with the deadline and probably not gonna make it I feel horrible when I notice that and I will feel horrible all the way through the whole process and then trying to repair later like oh I'm so sorry because I la 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 like it doesn't feel good like there's a lot of anxiety (laughs) that layers up through the process whereas it maybe if I didn't think about the idea of integrity, if I, do, I didn't never hear about it, I wouldn't know that I can actually like save a lot of energy, a lot of anxiety by saying, Hey, I'm not, I need help or like whatever the solution is. I might not even know that right now, but what I do know that I will miss the deadline. So then yeah, there's, there's something about just like, there's that um, saying of like cleaning up our mess or just handling it right away. Or the, the idea of eating the frog, which is a, an idea of like doing the thing that we're avoiding, doing the thing that we don't want to do. And I know I've, I've had that before where I, I feel like I, I need to have a conversation, whether that's a conversation with you, Hanna, or a, or a family member or somebody. Um, and, you know, if I'm avoiding it, like you say, all of that time in avoidance or pushing to the side, busy doing other stuff, like inside, it just doesn't feel good versus having the conversation right away. It just, it's, it's liberating. And this is, this is what we're going for. Yeah. And I often say this as a teacher in the 200 hour, because it's a very transformational program. But the, the integrity is maybe the biggest thing you take away from this training, if you apply it. And, and it can revolutionize our self-esteem and it can revolutionize our relationships, both to ourselves, like me between me and myself, like you were saying about the snoozing on the phone. If I put on an alarm, I'm going to get up at 5 a.m., then I will get up when 5 a.m. happens and my alarm goes. So just a simple practice like that can completely revolutionize the way a person operates in the world. And also when it comes to like interpersonal relationships to do what I promised. So if I say I will be on the Zoom call 10 minutes before it begins, then I will be. And if I'm not, I will message you because of tech issues or whatever it doesn't matter why, but I, I will let you know. And, and, there, and this, this happened today. This is like such a perfect example because mm. we had an agreement like that we're going to meet at 10 minutes before the hour to make sure we're ready. And but then when you realized that you were going to be a couple minutes late, you sent me a message right away. And then so, but at least now I have it's like, OK, I, I know Hannah's going to be a couple minutes late versus if you just didn't say anything, I'd be sitting here being like, did you forget? Is everything OK? You know, so it, like it removes all the anxiety. And then I know you just come in a couple of minutes later. So it's like it gives you peace of mind. It gives people in your life peace of mind. It creates workability. Things work. Yeah. Which then gives us a lot of energy and resources to actually be present. Yeah. Right? It, it's almost like integrity creates connection between me and me and between you and me. And 
as a yoga teacher, you were saying like, the go- like respecting time, other people's time is an issue of integrity, even if they, no matter what the intention was, rarely will a yoga teacher say, let's do a really long Shavasana. So everybody misses their bus. <laughs> they would never do that. Nobody would have such an intention. The intention is beautiful, but it's, it could cost a lot of not workability for somebody who has another p- appointment across town or anywhere. So, yeah. And I just want to say as well, you know, you talk about bringing integrity as a yoga teacher, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about, and, and you talked about authenticity, right? And so I really feel these two fit well together because when we're in integrity with ourselves, when we're being ourselves, you know, that's when we can show up authentically as teachers. So as everybody who's here, you know, the, the dozen yogis around the globe with us right now, we know that as part in the hero's journey in any of our yoga teacher trainings, we're not trying to mold you to be like me or like Hannah. In fact, like not at all. It's really about finding your voice, your style, you know, your way, your discovering your story so that you can share, you know, really, you know, powerfully in full self-expression who you are. And often, you know, you also mentioned the word vulnerability, often that comes with vulnerability, right? Because I know I've, sometimes as a newer yoga teacher, I would try to show up with lots of confidence or, you know, because my nickname is Happy Jack, show up with just over-exuding joy um, and kind of pushing it or forcing it. And, and of course, if, I, if I'm authentically happy, then, then that's how I show up. But if, if I'm, you know, going through stuff or I'm doing some inquiry, like actually being vulnerable, being real, it doesn't mean dumping our problems on, on our students, but, but sharing vulnerably can actually really create connection and, and bring us into integrity. Yeah, that is so true. And so do you think that integrity requires a level of authenticity and a level of vulnerability or is vulnerability like an optional because now we're talking about examples like time and punctuality (laughs) but like connection Mm -hmm. I think it does I think I mean it doesn't mean that everybody has to be an open book about everything like I, I, I believe I shared on podcast episode number one you know, a story that I've shared many times, it's been published in a book. Do you remember Tina and Sophia? Um, they made that book yeah. in Finland, right? So like my, my, this, this story, this particular story was published in a book in Finland and we've shared on lots of videos. And that was my experience of sharing my deepest, darkest secrets. And so when I, when I first had this experience and when I first started sharing this story, it, it was very vulnerable. And just to recap a couple of the points, for those that haven't heard, but go back to episode one, you know, this is an experience where I, I had a yoga teacher training in a confidential environment. We did some deep self-inquiry and I shared with another student, you know, that, you know, that I was an alcoholic for 15 years, uh, coming up on celebrating 14 years sobriety. So I'm very, very pleased with that. But that was, you know, a, a dark part, a dark period of my life those 15 years as well thanks for the celebration elizabeth um as well as the alcohol i was abusing you know stupid stuff like crack cocaine and crystal meth like just really can't even believe that can't even imagine 
Um, you know, and then something else that came up in this deep self inquiry is that I had, I had cheated on my first wife, Mel, you know, and, and it's not who I am today, but that's something that I did. And then also, you know, it came up that I'd had this sexual experience with another guy and was really embarrassed and ashamed. And, and anyways, um, just, those are some of the highlights of that story. So I used to share that. In fact, I know the day we met, the day we met, I shared that story. And yet you somehow still came up and introduced yourself after. So there was something about that vulnerability in sharing, but something you've challenged me on Hanna, and, and I really appreciate it is that, you know, I got in the habit of sharing this story many times in many different contexts, many different platforms. And in a way, you know, maybe for the first few years, it was very vulnerable, but then it got just to be like telling a story. Like it wasn't really, um, it wasn't hard anymore because I just shared it so many hundreds of times. Um, and in other areas of my life though, I wasn't being completely vulnerable. And often those would be, you know, with regards to our relationship, right. Is like, you're kind of holding back or, you know, it's almost like easy. And, and I would, I identified as someone who was very open and very vulnerable because I share my deepest, darkest secrets, like the, the worst of the worst that I've ever done. I, I share that, um, but there, but there were maybe, maybe not so big, terrible things uh, going on in my life at this point. But there were things that I was, you know, hiding or keeping to myself or not fully expressing or not, and and so that's why again it is this ongoing practice, and there still is. I could think I could think of areas where I could be more open and I could be more vulnerable with you, with my family, with people in my life. And so, you know, not to beat ourselves up about it, but just to recognize. Um, and so coming back to your question of like, do you think that we need vulnerability to be in integrity? I, I feel like, I feel like there needs, there ought to be a level of vulnerability. And again, it doesn't mean everybody needs to share their deepest, darkest secret. If you're, if you're watching this now, or you're listening to podcast, we're not going to, and if you join our 200 hour yoga teacher training, we're not going to require you to share your deepest, darkest secrets. But when we do that inquiry and we just really reflect from a, a neutral space, it, it can be very liberating. And that, that's why I did it. And that's why I started sharing it because it was so freeing to be able to, to share these stories that I used to be so ashamed of, like so much shame, so much embarrassment, so much like, oh, like the worst thing in the world. Right. And now to be able to share it, not, not from a place of pride, because we got to be careful that not like, Hey, look at me, I'm sober. Hey, look at me. I, I can share my deepest, darkest secrets. We got to be careful not to let it feed our ego, but share it from a place of just like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to share my story in hopes that, that others, they might not have been through the same circumstance, but in hopes that others might feel uh, inspired to share their story or to at least not carry the same carry that shame or carry that judgment uh and and all in knowing that there are going to be some people that judge me for some of the things i did you know i mean people do that if again if i'm honest and vulnerable i still judge people i do my best not to i'm very polite and nice. we talked about it on sunday with our community call i'm canadian so i'm very polite i'm very nice i'm never going to hurt anybody's feelings 
But in my mind, when people do things or say things or act a certain way, there is some opinion or perspective or judgment. And, and I'm as a yogi, I'm doing my best not to let that run me and not have lived through that filter, but it's there. So the point being, when when I share things, especially, you know, kind of maybe terrible things that I've done, I know there's going to be some judgment. In fact, I remember what the very first yoga teacher training we did together Hanna, in Canada, like, I don't know, eight years ago or something, the first one we did there. And there was a student, I got to be careful, not just to, yeah, nobody's going to know who it is. But anyways, there was a student who was a local school teacher and joined, was loving our course and really enjoying it. And, and she had shared with us, though, that like, actually, there, there are some conversations going on at the local school. And people said to her, like, I can't believe you're doing your yoga teacher training with Jack. Like he, because I'd shared my story, he, he cheated on his wife. he did this and that and then and um you know so and and those things are true and i shared them and i owned up to them and it's not who i am today so there are people that have that judgment but it's so beautiful uh, or it's so liberating at least to be free to be ourselves um, because we can't make everybody happy you know that's another thing as yoga teachers we can't we yoga teachers whatever we do in life can't make everybody happy and i used to try and I still try sometimes and it's draining and it's not, yeah, it's, it's, um, so this is the work of integrity and this is why I still got a long way to go, but we're, we're doing our best. Yeah. I think it's like being vulnerable and authentic and in integrity requires that we're to some, like to some measure we're being authentic in the present moment so that it doesn't come across as preaching Mm. or like you were saying, like being self-righteous or something like that. Like that's, I think where the, why if integrity was like a pie, then there's a section that will definitely be called vulnerability to keep the, the, the genuine, um, like it's an, it's an ongoing active thing. It's not preaching. It's not saying, here's how I did it. And here's what you should do. This is the opposite of that, which is why I think that it brings so much confidence. And then also, like you're saying, the teachers who apply this to their teaching, they will be themselves. They will not be a copy of happy Jack, or they're not going to be copy of happy Hun or anyone else for that matter but they will bring forth their own gifts in a way that is authentic to them. And to whatever extent they choose to work with these, these things that you mentioned, like their own breakthroughs in life and their own insights. Sometimes that's appropriate for somebody to do that work in therapy, maybe with someone qualified to actually hold a space and guide us through those kind of processes, right? And others choose to do it the way you did it. And others choose to not do it because they, but I think everybody can recognize everybody, whether they've gone through something like you or not, everybody has felt shame. Every everyone has felt the fear of not belonging or putting themselves out there and being judged. Like it, it happens in small groups in our lives constantly. So that's why this work is useful and we can even if i don't have the past you do jack the things you share i can still 
they still resonate because I've had my own whatever other similar places where I've felt the things that you describe. So and, it's and, freeing, and, and, freeing also to hear that, you know, that there's another way, like it doesn't have to be hidden. <laughs> yeah, no, and I was going to share, maybe would you share, because that you had that firsthand experience, you came to my yoga workshop, uh, whatever, almost 10 years ago, and I shared this story and I shared some stories. And at the end of it, you know, you felt called to come up and introduce you and, you know, create a connection. So what was it, I guess, because this is something we encourage our students to share, not, not their deepest, darkest secrets, but in the, in the beginning of a yoga class or a yoga workshop or really any kind of um, offering to share just a little bit about yourself because it creates that connection. People get to know us. Um, I guess, what was it about? And, I, and I'm not, not looking for a pat on the back here as a good job done, but what was it about the vulnerability at that workshop that I led that had you go, even though it's completely different life experience, mm -hmm. you've not been an alcoholic, you know, all of that stuff doesn't apply. What, what was it that connected? I think to me, it was the, the story you told about some friends of yours or, or yogis you had taught a workshop to where there was a husband and a wife or a boyfriend and a girlfriend, and they were able to sit with each other every day. I forget what that, what the point of that story was, but yeah. I remember thinking that's what I want. I want to have relationships like that in my life where we discuss interesting and authentic topics like a deep I guess a deep connection I what I heard in that story is a connection with like another way of being with people that is deeper does that make sense yeah it does I mean I remember so just I can share just a taste of what that experience was and the story so at often at our workshops and our yoga teacher training you know we'll get students at, you know once they've kind of warmed got gotten to know each other will you know stand looking into each other's eyes and and just being present with one another and and seeing the yogi in front of them and having that yogi see them and and it can be out of the out of our comfort zone for many people who are there and i and i i shared with you honda that i i was leading that experience in finland you know i used to do these private classes in a little town called vekola um now I'm saying where it was, but anyways, nobody's going to know who it was. You know, I did this, did this private class and, and it's a group of people. One was a husband and a wife, and they, they actually weren't able to look into each other's eyes. They, there was, it was really challenging for them. It was really, you know, even though they, they were raising kids together, they were living a life together, they had a home together and, and weren't able to do this. And, and not long after that, or within a year or two, they did end up, you know, separating and divorcing. Um, and so, you know, the point being when we can be in relationship with people where we can, you know, we can see each other, like not, not being in the room together, but one of you is feeding the kid, the other one's cleaning up the dishes, but actually, you know, be present. And, and I, and I'd shared that I, I've got some friends, they do 10 minutes a day called knee to knee time. And so they'll sit facing each other knee to knee and, and just, and, and just be, but not, not just sitting in silence, but having a conversation, uh, really being present with one another. So no distractions, no phones. Um, and, 
And you're right. Like that. I mean, that's something I was sharing it. A lot of the things that I share at yoga workshops and trainings are like things that I aspire for. I would lead heart opening workshops because I know I needed to learn to open my heart. And, and it's really beautiful that in that moment that you, I guess you saw a possibility based on an experience that I shared and, and that inspired you to like, Hey, I want to learn more about this. So this is, you know, coming back to this community of yoga teachers and yogis, you know, this is really our opportunity is to, is to share not, not because it's not about us. It's not about us as the yoga team. As soon as we're focused on us, what are they going to think of me? Are they going to like me? Da, 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 you know, I mean, I've been there and it's just, when that happens, I know I'm playing small, I'm in my head, I'm nervous, all of that stuff's going on. But when we're here, out here, seeing our students and being present with them and doing our best to serve them, you know, that's when, that's when the connection is, is made and that's what, yeah. This is our opportunity. Yeah. So if we still have one question we can tackle, like I would ask you, like, how do you deal with fear of judgment? Yeah. I mean, the, the first word that comes to mind is the vulnerability like this. It's uh, it, it sounds counterintuitive because we think we think like, oh, if we're worried about being judged, well, then I, what do we I do? Am- if, sorry, if, if I'm, yeah, I guess I'm trying to be inclusive, but you're right, I should speak from personal. Um, if I'm worried about being judged, then normally what I've done in the past is try to put up social media posts or social media content or email newsletters to show just how amazing life is. Whoa, we got, we're doing this and now we're leading a training in Spain and now we're in India and oh, life is all great. And, and, and I don't know, maybe some of you guys see people who do that on social media, hint, everybody, right? We put all the good stuff out there. Um, and of course, it's, it's nice to have inspiring content because I also, I don't want to open up social media and just get pulled down. Um, but if we, if when we have that fear of judgment, we tend to just put the, the high vibe, the positive, the, the highlight reel of our life. And, and often, you know, I've, I've been before, I'm laying in bed, totally uh, exhausted and overwhelmed and you know because i got so much to do but one of those things to do is to put up some social media content so i'm like laying in bed you know totally not inspired but put out some high vibe content out there and there's like you know that's like coming from that fear of judgment or needing to be a certain way but i know that the best posts that that i've written that we've written together the best content is actually when we're when we're real when we're vulnerable, when we're open. And so it's, it's a practice. It's not easy. I wish I could say that. And it's, and it's, and it's an ongoing thing, but I feel there's something about, you know, just being real and being authentic. And that's the, that's the type of people that end up in this community. Like I'm seeing our brother, Brandon Morgan, who's on the line with us right now. You know, he's the last couple of calls he's been on, on our Sunday satsang sharing circle. And, you know, he's in the, uh, he'll be in his cold plunge tub in a, in a bucket of ice while he's taking the Zoom call. Not so much fun to be there with him. But actually, I'm, I'm just going to bring you on for a second, Brandon, just for a moment. Um, because, you know, I was really inspired uh, when we got a chance to talk, I believe a couple of days ago at the 200 hour call. And just the, the inspiration you have from your life experiences um, and 
And it could basically, after you spoke for a few minutes, I was like, what you just said would be so beautiful and so powerful to open up a yoga class with, because we get to know you, we get to see you. Otherwise I just see you, man. And you're, I just see this young, good looking guy, got must got his, he's got his life together, no issues. Oh, just rocking it in life. Probably check the social media. It shows the same thing. But when, when you, when I got to know you in just a few minutes, now, all those things are still true and you've been through some adversity, right? You're, you're doing some work. You have, you have a strong calling of want to help, help others. So what, just while we got you on here for a minute, will you share with us, you know, I guess what, what has really been your calling, your inspiration, um, to, to, to be here, to be on this hero's journey, um, to, to be able to share with others. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah, when I heard you talking earlier about your story about how, you know, you went through a period of drugs and alcohol and stuff like that, um, I resonated with everything you said very deeply um, because me, myself, I went through that same experience. I didn't face my PTSD and instead I turned to drugs and alcohol. And I also, just like you did, had had a sexual relations with one man and I felt like crap my whole entire, for like two years, I let that ruin me for a bit. And so being vulnerable really has helped me as a person in a lot of ways, because um, I'm not afraid to tell people, you know, because the past is the past. And my story is meant to help influence people to realize that no matter what they're going through, there's always a brighter side and you're going to find the light. Because like like I told you that one time when I went in the military, that was my way of being on the hero's journey. So I've always had this feeling in my heart. Like I want to help. I want to give back to the world. And so for me, when I went to Afghanistan and I was real and I was infantry too. So I was actually the ones with the guns. And I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, seeing these beautiful people waking up every single morning, doing their prayers, really, you know, they're, they are on it. You know, they are, they do it every single day. And I'm thinking, who's the judge to better say that, you know, that, that they deserve to die. Like, I don't, I just felt like I need to serve a different way. And so I actually got taken out of the field because my attention was so bad. I, I didn't want to shoot. I wouldn't pull the trigger. People called me a wuss, stuff like that. But the truth matter is, is I have too much love in my heart to, to end another's life. And so they took me out of the field and I didn't go and get help for it. And people picked on me for a while and that led to drugs and alcohol. And then it, you know, that from then I switched to breath work and meditation and um, a Bob Proctor program that helped me change my mindset and to realize that all I'm doing is creating my own hell. So I ended up actually finding these natural ways to be able to help heal myself and spoke with a, a counselor and they kind of helped me get through basically the, realizing that I actually served a great purpose over there and I still can serve a great purpose being free here. Yeah. Wow. I mean, like, so now, now, you know, I want to bring Brandon on just like such a powerful story, such a beautiful soul. And we got, got to know even more about you just in that little share. And, and I just, I love the mindset that you have where you, you recognize, even though you've been through some, some, you know, really challenging times in life that you can be in, just have this beautiful perspective and this desire to want to help this desire to want to serve and, and you and you did serve in, in that capacity and now you see a more authentic way to serve and i feel like i mean 
you know, I, I have no regrets about any of the past. I did things I'm not proud of, but like no regrets because it's made us who we are. And now like, I feel so connected to you and your story and so inspired. And that's why I said to you the other day, ran in like, you gotta, you know, keep sharing your story. Right. And, and fit just a little bit of it, even at the start of yoga practices, it's, it's interesting how I, I feel like whatever you want to call it, God or divinity or higher power, the universe, you know, it's like they, they got our back in a way. And to hear your story about you, you were in this, in this situation where you were expected to shoot and kill, but you couldn't do it. I mean, I've, I've so much respect because that's way more than I've done, but I did used to be a hunter. I did, I used to hunt. That's the whole, that's the thing we do in, in our part of the world in Canada. I used to just think I sucked at it. I, I never, I was never able to shoot anything. You know, my friends, yeah. they were shooting deer and moose and bear and all this. I always missed or I never found them. But I think that like there was some deeper uh, intention or somebody looking out for me. It's like, this isn't my calling. I'm not on this earth to kill animals and nothing, you know, no offense to my friends out there that still hunt. Uh, but it's like that, that wasn't the, the path for me. And you recognize my friend that, that, that this wasn't the path for you. And now to see, I mean, you're so committed to your health, your mental health, doing the cold plunges, doing your hero's journey, sharing your story. This is, this is the kind of people that we want to have as friends. And so we're, we're honored to have you here. Thank you. Yeah. I love it. Well, send, send the love high vibes down to Ohio in the house near Xenia, Ohio. Amazing. Yeah, it's getting fun. We're, 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 Kind of get crazy here once in a while calling on some of the yogis but this is like this is our family this is our tribe um kind of was there anything else you wanted to say on that kind of this whole idea of integrity authenticity vulnerability well, for the sake of um integrity i just want to mention that no part of happy jack yoga has any need to judge or have opinions on same-sex intimacy it just in these two individual stories didn't feel right in that instance for them just to make that disclaimer super clear that we have nothing against those type of interactions because it can come across a bit like oh well that we judge it but we do not um, and yeah. just that i wanted to say yeah no that's that's such a great point and it's like that's something that we really it's really like our core intention, Hannah, is inclusion. And, and, and I'm sure we're not perfect. I'm sure perhaps sometimes we say things or we act a certain way where it's, you know, we can't please everybody, but really our, our intention is that everybody from all different nationalities, from all different sexual preferences, from all different religious beliefs or, or non-religious beliefs, all different, you know, colors that we can, we can come together and be on this journey together and be in community be in community and be in conversation and learn from one another like i i just love that you know whenever we have um, i'm whenever we have these sharing circles it's uh it's for me i know we don't do therapy and i know you're studying therapy so you know that we have to be careful not to say hey we're doing therapy because we're not and you know i'm not qualified to but yet it's very therapeutic and it's very healing i find you know even even for myself as facilitator so this is the, this is, I believe, what's possible for us as yoga teachers, as we practice in integrity, starting with our alarm clock and practice integrity, starting with doing the practices on the mat we said we're going to do 
And then, you know, and practice vulnerability and sharing who we are and being authentic and being true to ourselves. You know, as, as we do all of these things, you know, it's just, it makes it, uh, it we, we, it, we get to be in, we, we get to be in this conversation with people who are on the same path. We get to grow, we get to learn, we get to um, continue growing essentially versus like, you know, just get the certificate done. Hey, I'm a certified yoga teacher. It's like, okay, now, now it's time to start now. Now it's time to get started. Yeah. Oftentimes people think that like the 200 hour yoga teacher is like the key to the universe. And sometimes it is, but most of the time it's just the first step, you know, into full self-expression, whatever that could look like for each individual and what their desires and, and dreams are right. It's, it's something to remember as well. And that's why we are a community and that, that, you know, comes together regularly. If someone does our 200 hour, they will have access to the content for as long as we exist, as long as we are in business and we are, we have access to our platform. We give access to our graduates as well, because it's, it's, a it's a, lifestyle it's something it's a practice it's not um you know been there done that necessarily so and just as as integrity as well like we often end up talking about integrity because it's such a big topic and often there is what you mentioned earlier often a sense of um liberation and freedom and that comes through the practice of integrity yeah that's it. It's like, this is the goal. This is the opportunity of yoga, self-realization, uh, liberation. Um, and in the, in the, the idea, the essence of integrity, uh, want to be an in integrity. We got, we got just a moment left here of our time so that you can get on with your days, but really thank you all so much for taking the time to be here. If you're listening on any of the podcast platforms, we really appreciate you and your support and, you know, listening in, of course, all the yogis live around the globe, uh, Brandon, Diana, Elizabeth, Jewel, Sarah, Sue, Tammy, Tanya, Yaren, Victoria, and of course, we had Alice and Scott as well, you know, sending all of our love high vibes to you. Uh, if anyone feels called, inspired uh, to, to support, there's a community support, a listener supported podcast. We've got a Patreon page. I'll put the link in there if, if you feel called to um, and really you know, if, and by the way, I should say, if you want to join us in Zoom, send us an email at info at happyjackyoga.com um, and we'll get you the secret codes to join us in Zoom. And, and then we get to say hello, because as soon as we end this podcast, as soon as we hit stop, we're going to check in with the yogis here who are here with you live uh, and be able to, to thank you and, and get your feedback. So my friends, Hanna, thank you so much for co-creating this community, this podcast sending all the love high vibes to everybody make it an amazing rest of the day namaste namaste thank you